Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold! Coming to the ring, from parts unknown, at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong! This week, uh, covering a couple movies that I feel like might be saying that girls are going to make you do stupid things. A couple of driving films going faster and faster. Eat My Dust from 1976. And Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry from 1974? Yeah, four. Zom. Hey. We haven't uh, we haven't talked in a couple weeks, kind of. Yeah, we were kind of up each other's asses there for a few days. Not in public, anyway. I mean, you know. Burr. So, um, uh, how are you, sir? I'm doing okay. I'm just ready to get her going. It seems like it seems like it's been a while, and yeah. uh, we had a great time in Charlotte, uh, Kakalaka, uh, North Kakalaka, and um, got to meet lots and lots of wrestlers and. Uh, Chill out with the Oberholzer of the Cinemasochist fame of the, and of your the, yes, film rave extended family. We had a good so, time. Yeah, yeah, we uh, it was it was, it was really awesome. cool. I was um you know I was worried going to this this convention that for some reason it, and it's probably part of my normal social anxieties, but I was just certain that it, the the hotel was going to be like really dirty and it was going to be really depressing like. <laughs> I thought we'd just go there, you know, and all these old farts would be sitting around going, Ugh! and really, there were some like that. Yeah, we, you know, Angelo Mosca was, Ugh! Ken yeah. Patera was big time. Bleh! Yeah, he just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I laughed a lot though at your picture that you got him to sign. He's like, oh, what's going on here? You, you, you even had a nice presentation with it. You rolled it out. Uh, I, I found this picture of you here. He, so anybody that hadn't seen it, uh, Zom found a magazine cover with Ken Patera getting. Uh, getting put to sleep by Ivan Putsky, probably early eighties. Yeah, um, and uh, he had the big bushy white afro, yeah. which is <laughs> he, awesome. Now he has the sm- now he has a small bushy brown afro and a <laughs> j- and he's morbidly obese. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, he, se- he seemed pretty tired, but uh, it yeah. was pretty funny. He said he said I was taking a nap. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, Besides wrestling, what have you been watching since? Well, it's been a couple weeks since we recorded. So, Rascal. and uh, oh, I do want to say uh, before I forget, as I am prone to do, uh, thank you to James and Bernie yeah. 
for filling in. Uh, finally they got, got rave reviews. Yeah, man. More uh, they, they got better feed sack than we know, we do. So, oh, Jesus. Good job. Maybe we need to start speaking in a British accent. Make everybody think we're smarter than we are. Ugh. But uh, no, they did a great job. Um, I didn't watch either of those shitty movies. So. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> uh, Abby looks. Ca- Abby looked kind of interesting. I don't know about the other one, um, but yeah, thank you both uh, for stepping in. It was a huge help, and um, you, do- you guys did an awesome job. So they were huge, huge. Uh, so what have you been watching this week, sir, or in the last couple of weeks? Uh, okay, well, you know, um, I watched uh, Call Northside Seven Seven Seven. Uh, with James Stewart, Richard Conti, and Lee J. Cobb. That was directed by Henry Hathaway, who was one of Dennis Hopper's favorite directors. Ha, ha, ha. No, it's, it's uh, really good. I've never seen that one. It's on Netflix Instant. It's uh, black and whitey. Uh, Jimmy Stewart is a reporter. Richard Conti gets uh, put in jail for a crime he says that he has didn't commit. And Jimmy Stewart, so many years later, is trying to uh, help him out. But it's good. Check it out. It's uh, an order. <laughs> Maggot. <laughs> anyway, uh, the next thing I watched was uh, director Christopher Kane, uh, his uh, venture with James Belushi and Louis Gossett Jr., uh. also Ray Don Chong, <laughs> 1987's The Principal. Um, you know what? This wasn't that bad. I saw it when it first came out in the theater, and uh, <laughs> it seemed like back then when... Uh, urban squalor and sprawl was going on you know you'd have these movies about like these schools that were uh, like with tom berenger would have to go in and clean up the school yeah or, stand and deliver yeah stand and deliver and all that stuff but it's it's not bad radon chong was pretty pretty chongy in it and i think the kurgan is in it too i think that uh, i recognized him in there uh from highlander which you have not seen it might not have been him but it might it might have been i can't i didn't look it up but it, i thought it was him Anyway, but he's young. Uh, next thing I watched was... Now, I'll, I'll be honest with you. You could watch this movie with no sound, and it might be better <laughs> because um, it's uh, this director, John Gillerman, mm-hmm. uh, made this movie in 1984 called Sheena, or Sheena, Queen of the Jungle or whatever, with Tanya Roberts. Yeah. Well, Tanya Roberts was the... Replacement, I think, for Cheryl Ladd on Charlie's Angels. She was only on there for like maybe one season. Ernie Ladd's sister. But I will tell you this. <laughs> she was hot. She might yes. not have been able to act for shit, but she has a smoking hot body. And so, and there's, a, there's some fucking pretty damn awesome action sequences in this, including her fucking riding a goddamn zebra, which is going about 100 miles an hour and shooting arrows. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> and some uh, car smashes uppers. Or smashes uppers. <laughs> car smashes uppers. Stuff. Okay, next thing I watched, I watched some uh, documentaries. This one is the first one, so I will talk about it first. Uh, it is <laughs> director John Mikkelzik. There's a gnat in here. Gnat. Um, Get him. I mean, in the, shadow, yeah, in the shadow of the Reich, Nazi medicine. Uh, let me tell you something, people. <laughs> I watched this goddamn movie, and there's stuff in it that almost made me fucking start to well up. I mean, it's just horrible, the stuff that you know went on. And, and they show a lot of like black and white footage. And when they're talking about, um, you know them experimenting on people and or like um, 
it's bad enough um, when they would put people on the trains and take them to concentration camp. And then, like, it might be a mother, right. their kid who's like three or four years old, and the father. And they would say, okay, the father uh, and mother, you go this way. And have the little kid go the other way. They have to go to another thing by themselves. But the thing that really got me was when they were showing the um, – uh, like mentally challenged people because mm-hmm. anybody that was, you know, like that, they would put to death and they were showing them. And you and in retrospect, they probably didn't know what was going on. So maybe that was better. Well, yeah, but maybe, maybe they got it off. Maybe they got off easy too compared to. Well, you know. it just made me feel, it just makes you feel like shit because yeah. they're so innocent and, you know, they don't understand anything that's going on and this horrific stuff, ugh, it was just awful. It's on Netflix, but anyway, uh, to watch it, I mean, you, you, you know, I think it's important for people to see stuff like this so it doesn't happen again. Um, let's see. Why am I, is it my back button working? You cock fucking sucker. <laughs> no, wait a minute. I just did something. I don't know what happened. Okay, there we go. Now I'm, I'm back on track. Now it's working. I watched a movie. This is a classic from Ilya Kazan. I just put two baby aspirin under my tongue, and now they, ugh, they're they like sour. Uh, Gentleman's Agreement, 1947, with Greg Peck. Gregory Peck. John Garfield is in this, too. The concept of this, and it's a really good movie, um, is it won the Academy Award, a bunch of them, I think, for that year, is that uh, Gregory Peck is a... Uh, fairly renowned uh, writer for newspapers mm-hmm. and um, he gets the assignment he's from California and he comes to New York he gets the assignment to write a story about anti-Semitism and um, he decides after after a while <coughs> his things are killing me he said um, you know I just don't want to just do the standard story blah 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 so he decides that he's going to tell everybody that he comes in contact with that he's Jewish if it comes up and let them know and then see what happens. So it's pretty good. Uh, let's see here. I watched a movie from 2012. This is a new one directed by So Young Kim. Now, I'm not up on a lot of these Asian uh, directors, a la uh, what's his face? Jake McLarge Huge. But uh, this is not, uh, you know, it's, a, it's an, uh, I guess, uh, if I, I'm taking. For granted that So Young Kim is a Korean. Director. That is a Korean name, right? Kim. Okay, so anyway, but it's not um, a an Asian movie. It stars stars Paul Dano, uh, and it's called For Ellen. And the concept of this one is he is a budding uh, music star. I guess he has like a band, mm-hmm. kind of maybe like a, I don't know, some kind of band. <laughs> they never show him like singing or in the band or anything. The deal is is that uh, he has a uh, – his wife divorced him, and they have a little kid, and he's going to uh, meet her to sign the papers and everything, and he wants to – she doesn't want him to even be involved in the kid's life, and uh, he – when he sees the kid, he wants to be, and da da da, da. It's kind of boring. Oh. <laughs> uh, and I like Paul Dana. That's why that uh, that's why I watched it because I like him in just about. He's like one of my favorite actors here late, lately of the young young actors. But it was okay. It, it was just it, it wasn't that good. Um, 
Another one I watched from 2012 by director Peter Weber, uh, stars Matthew Fox and Tommy Lee Jones, is Emperor. Uh, this is um, – now, when I saw the box art, uh, they have a big picture of Tommy Lee Jones taking up the entire front of it, and he's portraying General Douglas MacArthur. And so I thought, okay, this is – you know, I saw MacArthur with Gregory Peck, which was a biopic of General MacArthur, and Gregory Peck plays him. You know, and it's all about him. This – is uh, Matthew Fox's character pretty much is the main character, and mm-hmm. he is assigned by MacArthur to investigate. This is after the Japanese are defeated, the atomic bombs are dropped and everything, and we are taking over. And um, he is assigned by MacArthur to investigate uh, the top guys for war crimes, especially uh, the emperor, uh, Hirohito. And uh, there's like a, a tugging about like a – I think the the American government or the American people and the Americans want to see him hang. But then there's a political thing where it's like, okay, if we do this, the emperor in Japan is considered a god. Mm-hmm. And they want to keep peace and rebuild Japan and you know, it's a question of should we really do this. Right. Tommy Lee Jones is okay. Um uh, you know, eh, he was just okay. This movie isn't that great. Uh, it's a new one, but um, it's got some melodrama in it, which I didn't really care for. And uh, it's just uh, the only the best part about it is uh, f- finding out like almost like a history lesson of that shit that was going on at that time. Uh, but uh, it was just all right. I don't know if I, I wouldn't. I mean, it's worth a watch one time if you wanna. Uh, another documentary uh, is uh, Elusive Justice, The Search for Nazi War Criminals. This was really good. Um, it talked about some stuff that I did not even know about, about some of the partisans that after the Germans surrendered, that they wanted to get revenge, um, like right after the war in, Ger- in Germany, and did some things to German prisoners that were, I don't think was really readily reported, that was pretty bad. Um, like lots of them, and then it goes up to them trying to find Mengele and Adolf Eichmann and some other ones that were in um, or, uh, in uh, South America, and the ten thousand that were in the United States. You know, just and some of them just living under their own names. You know, so but it's it's very interesting. That was two thousand eleven, directed by Jonathan Silvers. <gasps> Um, and uh, it got me so upset I burped. Uh, I watched a movie called The Lion directed by Jack Cardiff, and this starred William Holden, uh, Trevor Howard, and Capuchine, or Capucine. I don't know how the hell. It's a one-word name for this hot chick who kind of looks like Christy Turlington. Um, And apparently... When her when she met William Holden on the set, uh, you know they must have hit it off because they were kind of a couple there for a while. Mm-hmm. This is kind of miscast because first of all, Trevor Howard is supposed to be married to her, and her ex husband is William Holden. It takes place in Africa. It has some good uh, scenes of like the African wildlife and stuff like that. But there's a little kid in it, and I've read some reviews where people thought this little kid was great. Pamela Franklin, I thought she was so <laughs> annoying and obnoxious. It really just I was like, fuck a duck. Um, Trevor Howard, they should have got somebody who, I, I like Trevor Howard, but he just didn't fit the, like, you know, eh, I don't know. It's not a very good movie. It got on my fucking nerves. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, like I said, some of the people that 
that I re uh, read their reviews really liked it. So you know, I don't know. Maybe they uh, so maybe uh, if you want to see what camp you fall under, then you know, right, right. Check it out. It's on. Uh, well, I think I rented it on uh, iTunes. Uh, watch the Fog of War: Eleven Lessons from the Life of Robert S. McNamara. Uh, this is just fucking awesome. Um, had you, had you seen that one before? Yeah, I've got it on DVD. I bought it on DVD. I think when uh, I was in Cincinnati with Jake. I might have that on DVD too. I don't even know anymore. This motherfucker, I could watch over and over and over. And yeah. the the footage, the music in it, everything is perfect. McNamara just you know talking about this stuff. It's fascinating. The shit you know when they talk about comparing when we bombed this city in Japan. It would be the equivalent of firebombing like Houston, Texas, and killing every single person in there. And they did that with all these different cities, yeah. comparing them to American cities so you get perspective. And then the Vietnam stuff. And, and the stuff uh, where when he was um, working with uh, JFK and then when JFK got assassinated, it was really sad. And that, that whole time was just, you know, it, but it's, I've watched this, God, a bunch of times. I just saw it sitting on the shelf and I put it in, uh, meh. Next thing I watched was The Search for Mengele. I was on a Nazi fucking uh, <laughs> mood or something. This was directed I by Brian. I watched Nazis too this week. Nazis. Killing Nazis. This was really good because it talked about Dr. Mengele from the time, you know, when he was growing up and got into the, all the shit and he was a doctor and everything. And then uh, when he was living in Argentina and Uruguay and all this crap. Uh, and the people that he was he was like living with a family and for a long time they didn't know who he was and and then when they found out you know it was kind of awkward <laughs> talk about awkward uh <laughs> but some of the stuff when they were talking about the experiments he was doing on the twins it was just like so grotesque it, it, you just think to yourself how the fuck could anybody do that to, to especially a doctor who their hippocratic oath is to uh try and help people and not do anything to you know hurt them uh, next thing I watched, <laughs> 2013, when we were in um, Charlotte, uh, the Cinemasticist and I found the uh, oh Concord Mills Mall, this giant fucking mall. Yeah. Well, apparently down there, you know, uh, it was huge for one thing, and I mean, just fucking store after store after store. It wasn't like up around here, the malls are dead. Like there's empty spaces and it's the yeah. same shit that's been in there for years and years and years. This place was fucking huge. Uh, and they start showing movies at like 9.30 in the morning. It's <laughs> so, <laughs> so weird. Yeah. We went to see R.I.P.D. Rest in Peace Department. Uh <laughs> <laughs> okay, this was directed by Robert Schwenke, and uh, he may never direct another movie again. Um, now, I was surprised. Okay, I will say this. If it cost $200 million and it made $20 million, okay. Wait, it cost, it, it did it really? Oh my I think God. it cost $200 million, somebody told me, and it made $20 million. So, Okay, so it flopped like a fucking giant, it flopped like a giant turd pancake. But, um, well, a pancake doesn't flop. A turd fish. I don't know what I'm talking about. But anyway, okay, I was surprised, turd, turd number fish. one, to see Kevin Bacon in it. Uh, that was anything, you know, usually if he's in something, you know. Um, now, I will say this. Mary Louise Parker was one of the best parts of the whole fucking movie. I liked the concept that when people that were alive saw Jeff Bridges, 
He was uh, Marissa Miller, the fucking hot model. So you see fat Jeff Bridges <laughs> with this beard walking down the street, and you'll hear some guy go, you know, whistle at him and shit, and he's like, I'm a lady, goddammit. So anyway, they flip back and forth like that, which was okay. Ryan uh, Reynolds uh, was okay. I mean, you know, it was not horrible. It wasn't like you went in and you came out like going, Jesus Christ, that was such a turd. It was a, because it was along the lines of uh, Men in Black and Van Helsing, right, kind right. of a mashup or something. There was some stuff in it that was entertaining. Bridges had some good lines. There was some funny stuff in it. But, I mean, you know, come on. It, it cost way too damn much. And I can see why people were like, you know, uh, were against it before they even saw it because of how much it did cost and it did flop and everything. But, you know, fuck, I mean, shit. I've seen fucking way worse movies that, that cost that much. Right, uh, right. Transformers. Anyway, um, <laughs> and I watched, uh, Justin and I went to see uh, the James Mangold uh, 2013 movie, The Wolverine, starring Hugh Jackman, Tao Akamoto, Lila Fucka. <laughs> Fukushima, Fukushima, <laughs> probably not Fukushima. But anyway, okay, now I will say this. I am, at one time, I was a huge Wolverine fan, like most young guys, because, you know, he kicked ass and all this shit. Okay, so this was based on the four-part original Wolverine miniseries. And it follows it kind of close. I mean, they have a lot of the same characters. They, they mix up some people. Uh, and do some things differently, but I liked it simply because it had a story to it. It wasn't just him hacking and slashing and killing. Right, right, and right. Da, da, da. It actually had a, a fucking story, and you would have some some sequences in between fighting that were you know drama that was actually kind of compelling. The chick that played Mariko was fucking pretty hot. Uh, they kind of switched up the Silver Samurai character he's in there uh, uh harada the guy that's actually the silver samurai and, and but he doesn't get to be the silver samurai he kind of plays another character oh. and they do some stuff like that it was pretty good i liked it um i'm sure there's some things in it that yeah you know you can always if you're a fanboy, you can go back and say i wish i wish they would have done this or changed this or whatever but i thought it was pretty damn good they they fucked it up because when we went in we started watching the trailers and the first, like, three trailers were, you know, just fine. And then the next trailer was, like, in 3D. And we're like, what the fuck? Because, you know, we w did not go to the 3D one. And then the next trailer was in 3D. And then the next trailer was in 3D. And we're like, what the fuck? I, I hope this movie isn't in 3D because it's not supposed to be. They started showing it. The movie was in 3D. So we got to watch the first 20, 25 minutes blurry and looking like shit. Boo. And then people in the crowd started getting up. There's probably only about... I don't know, maybe eight people in the crowd started getting up and going and complaining. Justin went and complained. Uh, the guy said, oh, you know, we'll look into it. <laughs> Instead of just bringing, giving us glasses or whatever and just letting us watch things. So then they go back and restart the whole goddamn thing. They give us glasses. <laughs> so it takes even longer. So we were kind of late meeting you. But anyway, but it was good. I recommend The Wolverine. What day was that? Was that on Friday? That was, we got there, what, on Thursday? Yeah, yeah it was Friday, and then okay. Saturday we went to see R.I.P.D. Cool. Um, I had a very, very slow couple of weeks. Um, 
really all I've been watching is like wrestling and stuff on YouTube. You got um, fired up because of the. Uh, I did. I did. Tommy Wildfire Rich, baby. I got fired up for Tommy Wildfire Rich, and I got fired up for the Rock and Roll Express, who um, has been my my team. Oh, since they were so a, awesome. God, they were old, but man, they were yeah. awesome. Though. They were nice, and they were fi- and they and they really put on a good show. Yeah, they did, and we got to see. Yeah, we got to see the Rock and Roll Express wrestle. Um, I, I hope it was just like a one-time thing. I really hope they're not doing that on a regular Dude, basis. Let me tell you something. <laughs> There's been several times where they've had like indie, uh, just little small shows around here, and uh, Ricky Morton's been on the show. Yeah, yeah. He I don't to, think Robert is, but they need to hang it up. I mean, you know, they're going to hurt themselves if they keep it up. But um, well, like like freaking Lawler having a heart attack on TV and stuff. That was really funny. What Cornette saying like Lawler died. He died on TV. He was dead on TV <laughs> for ten minutes. Um, and I, I've been, I've been watching, I've got this, I've, I've found this like set of, uh, it's like the essential midnight express with Jim Cornette. And, um, this is, I mean, this is, mo- it starts off a lot of, uh, mid South stuff from the early eighties. Um, Condry, Did you see the thing where they smash his face into the cake? Yeah. Yeah. That he yeah. talked about. Yeah. Yeah. This was the, <laughs> the, the, the cake thing he talked about. He said it was a sheet cake. This one that they showed on TV was a double layer. Yeah. They did it twice. They, uh, they did it more than once. And so, so, yeah. This is this is not the one where he got his face smashed and actually, actually bled. Um, but the uh, there's a really funny angle I watched this morning where he had started a little thing with Bill Watts. And. Um, he the Midnight Express beat up Bill Watts and Bill Watts they had a they had a bet going on basically Bill Watts said we're going to come out of retirement we're going to wrestle one match I'm going to find a tag team partner and like you know if, if Bill Watts wins then Jim Cornette has to wear a dress and a diaper and, a, and have a <laughs> bottle and if uh, if 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 he loses then he has to be Cornette's slave for six months so there's this really horrible but funny vignette and I posted a picture of it on the Wrestling and Gold group. Uh, where he goes to Wadesboro, North Carolina, to a farm to re- try to recruit the junkyard dog to be his junkyard dog <laughs> to be his uh, tag team partner. And the junkyard dog is standing there beside this shitty pond in front of a big truck, lifting weights out in the <laughs> nowhere, listening to like a big radio that was propped up on an old boat. Um, but the junkyard dog wouldn't help, and he said, "You got to go get. You got to go get. Uh, I know somebody that can help you, and you got to go get Stagger Lee." And, oh, yeah, St- Stagger Lee, I remember that. <laughs> so God, appara- that was brutal. Apparently, Stagger Lee at one time was Coco Beware, but at this, at, by this point, it was just Junkyard Dog in a mask. No, so. now, now, listen. That's oh, I'm sorry. Speculation. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I don't know. There, there, it may have been. It kind of looked like him, but I think, that, I think Stagger Lee um, was a little taller. <laughs> yeah, I think. And, and he wore the white T-shirt. Junkyard Dog didn't wear a T-shirt, so... That, that's definitely different. Um, yeah, so it probably, probably junkyard dog never wore a t-shirt. Never. So no. I um so I didn't watch any movies until uh, pretty much this week when I got home. Um, Davy Mack recommended some submarine movies for me. Um, he'd been in a submarine mood <laughs> mood I guess. So <laughs> he uh, recommended a few for me. I started with uh, Run Silent, Run Deep. Oh, that's a good one. With uh with uh, Clark Gable and Burt Lancaster. Yes. Um, and Don Rickles. Don Rickles, yes. Yeah. The, this was the, this was pretty good. Uh, this is directed by Robert Wise, who uh, went on to direct some pretty pretty famous ones. There, it'd be awesome if the Clark Gable mustache came back. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's like two sticks. Takes, they don't connect in the middle either. Takes so much manicuring to get that thing. Uh, yeah, get that thing straight. Um, 
Or Lancaster, one, come over here and suck my cock. This one kind of made me think of... <laughs> Where'd that come from? <laughs> <laughs> this one kind of... There's another movie I saw a few months ago with... Most of it takes place in a courtroom, but it's about a, a like a kind of a... Uh, a captain that kind of does something wrong, but it, it kind of reminded me of that. So, Clark, uh, the goddamn with Humphrey Bogart with yeah, uh, what was that? Uh, Can't It kind of reminded me of that a little bit, um, but uh, without the courtroom stuff. But um, but yeah, it was a good one. I liked it. Um, but yeah, Robert Wise, like I was saying, it's the guy he directed Andromeda Strain that we reviewed. He did uh, Sound of Music, and, and that's what Andromeda Strain is known for. What? That Sylvan Gold reviewed. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, West Side Story. Yeah, he did. He did quite a few. Um, let's see. I, I watched a documentary with the uh, with the misses um, on Netflix. Instant. This is a couple years old. It's, it's called Whore's Glory. Hmm. Um, this is a. Uh, or is it Hua's Glory? Hua Hua's Glory. <laughs> um, it's a German documentary, but it's not a documentary where the the filmmaker has a voice really at all. Um, the only reason I knew it was German is because the opening credits are in German. Other than that, it's just the different prostitutes. Like it's like the camera following them around. Um, it takes, it, it's filmed in three different locations. Um, Thailand, um, Bangladesh and, uh, uh, this little town in Mexico. And it's fucking depressing. Um, it's it's just kind of like why uh, weren't they making any money? Well, the, okay, so the the ones in Bangkok <laughs> were definitely making money because I guess out of all the three of them, they probably had it the best. They were kind of like a, on a meat market. They'd all just sit there in a window, and there was guys. It was, it, <sighs> but it was in a hotel. Like they looked like they were treated okay. They you yeah. know it was a it was a job where they would actually punch a clock. Yeah. Um, Still, and, that's I mean, goddamn. Yeah the the Mexico <sighs> one was pretty gross. Like the town is just like it's just like you know those motels that you'll see with it, there was single story. The door just walks right out into the road. Basically, it was just door after door, and the girls would just stand there in the door and wait for a guy to come in. Yeah. Um, Didn't we re- review a movie like that? An Asian movie? Oh uh, yeah yeah yeah. I, I they forced the, the chick into prostitution because yep. she. And did something this like one, her. this one, like the when in Mexico, like the all the women seemed like they were probably drug addicts and stuff. It was really dirty, and but mm-hmm. they at least seemed like a little bit in control of their destiny. Uh, they a lot of them seemed to be there, more, more or less by choice. But then the Bangladesh one was really bad because like they're just in this like just slum. It's you know multiple stories, and they're basically these you know the girls are sold by their parents into these other these Jesus. women that turn them these 15 year old girls into prostitutes and they they're not allowed to leave for a year and by that time the way bangladesh society is set up it's like once you've done that you're done i mean like you know it, it's and it's just a lot of you know that one was really depressing because the girls would just talk about you know i wonder what it's like and blah 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 to you know be here instead of here or uh are women treated this poorly everywhere they're just crying <laughs> i mean it's it's fucking no i'm not laughing at that uh, somebody posted a uh, a uh, picture of an Engelbert Humperdinck, uh, Will Kelly. Oh, I'm sorry, Will. I didn't mean to mention your name. Uh, <laughs> a picture of his CD on our group, uh-huh. and I and I was going to type in "I dig Engelbert," and I actually typed in "I did Engelbert." <laughs> You're gonna so leave I it? thought I better go change that. Eh, just leave it. Um, 
<laughs> Horse Glory could have been better. Um, I f- uh, Will Will mentioned this, and I agree with him that it could have gone a little bit deeper than it did. What year um, was that? Is that a fairly new? Oh yeah, it's t- 2011 is what it says on uh, IMDb. So it might have been 2012 even that it, we that it even got here. Um, it's worth watching. It's it's two hours long, um, and it's really just a camera on these people doing their thing, and it's it's uh, it's kind of brutal. Um, let's see. I watched another submarine movie re- recommended by Davy Mack, The Enemy Below, uh, with uh, Mitchum, Robert Mitchum, and uh, Kurt Jurgens. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, Robert Mitchum is a sea boat. Uh, I was getting ready to burp, but I think it's going to be vomit. Um, <laughs> a sea boat captain. A destroy- he's he's a captain of a destroyer in World War II, and he's kind of gotten the track the trail of a German U boat. So it's kind of like a cat and mouse kind of game where each of them are trying to get the other. Pretty cool shit. I the the Navy had to have taken part in this because there's some pretty amazing looking footage of the way they. Uh, deployed the depth charges and the fucking just plumes of water that explode out behind the boats and stuff and some really cool special effects. There was uh, in the other one as well, but there's some special effects of the boats actually underwater and stuff. Um, the submarines. This, uh, I, I think I read that this one actually won the Academy Award for special effects in 57, 58, whenever that award was. So uh, this this one was really good. Um, so I'm going to be digging into some more submarine stuff, which I didn't do today because instead uh, I decided to watch Race with the Devil, <laughs> the other kind of a double bill, a Peter Fonda double bill with uh, with uh, Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry that we're reviewing. Um, this was pretty cool. This has uh, this has Warren Oates and Hot Lips Houlihan in it. Um, it's a it's kind of a it's kind of a Texas Chainsaw Massacre type story in yeah. a way. Um, but uh, good shit, Satanists. You gotta watch when you go camping out with the, the fucking especially Satanist in Texas. Man. Jesus Christ, fuck a duck. Um, but they they witness a, a a Satanist sacrifice, and the rest of the movie is just them trying to get away while the Satanic group is chasing them. So lots of good car stuff. Lots of oh my god, the fucking thing with the camper and the and yeah. the, the little rollback uh, truck and the man, wow, crazy. We had a lot, a lot of, a lot of car shit this week. So, yeah. and that was it. That was all I watched all week, or all two weeks. Like I said, there was nine days in a row that I didn't even watch any movies at all. So, um, cool. Why don't we take a break and we'll come back and review? Let's do Eat My Dust first. How about that? Sure. Okay, we'll be right back. If you're enjoying this podcast, perhaps you'd be interested in GleeCast. You watch your tone, young lady. Hey, we're not forcing you to download the internet's best, or at least most booze-filled podcast about Glee. You want to be me. Who doesn't, Sue? But we know we can't be. Instead, Erica and Emily. Uh, Emily and Erica. Who am I? I just don't know anymore. I'd love to stay in chat, but I got a satellite interview. Sorry, we get off topic a lot. The point is, listen to GleeCast following every new episode of Glee. Plus, our sporadic bonus content on some of the greatest bad cinema that incorporates musical theater or sweet dance moves going to ask you to smell your armpits the right or the left that's the smell of failure 
Failure smells like Dove. Mine has a pleasant lady speed stick scent. Kind of makes me think of candy canes. Your resentment is delicious. Visit gleecast.podomatic.com or search for us in the iTunes store. That's Gleecast with a K, part of the palaver.com family. That's P-A-L-A-V-R.com. Boy, the only thing missing from this place is a couple dozen bodies limed and rotting in shallow graves under the floorboards. We're working on that. Eat My Dust, 1976. Uh, I'll have to stumble through a synopsis. Uh, uh, you got a group of uh, rambunctious youths who decide to go out for a little joyride, much to the chagrin of one of said youths, Mr. Ron Howard's father, who is also the sheriff of the town. So it's kind of just uh, them out for their ride for the day. Zah. Yeah. What did you think of Eat My Dust? These are these are both movies suggested by Mr. Rob on the group, by the way. So Okay, I saw this uh, when I was a kid in the at the drive-in with my probably my dad. This in uh, Grand Theft Auto, uh, with also starring Ronnie Howard, where they uh, take off in a big uh, Rolls Royce, gold Rolls Royce. Now, okay, when I was a kid. I thought this movie was fucking awesome. <laughs> now, watching it today, I think this may be the dumbest movie that we have watched. <laughs> it is so bad uh, that as I was watching it, uh, I was trying to keep an open mind. And, you know, it's, it's really, uh, you know, a lot of it's for laughs. It's, but it's, it's that real zany kind mm-hmm. of madcap shit that I know you love. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, the 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 one one of the best parts of the movie of the whole fucking movie was when um, uh, the uh, Christopher Norris, who plays Darlene Kurtz, <laughs> uh, at the very beginning has on white uh, knee high go go boots, these hot pants, Yellow and a tight. Pants. Jesus fucking Christ, man! Do I love that look? Mm-hmm. She she was. Um Maybe not so much in the face. She was kind of nah. a plain Jane in the face, but yeah. the, the she had that real thick, like lion kind of blonde hair that you just want to fucking get behind her, grab a hold of her hair, like <laughs> just tug on it while you're slamming that fucking uh, thing. <laughs> anyway, thing. so anyway, and you get that right off the bat. Now there's a scene right at first where they there's a couple times uh, throughout the movie where they just have a camera probably sitting on the dashboard or whatever. Yeah, and they're driving real fast uh, out these country roads and i'm telling you what now that was some fucking driving because it was even just sitting there watching it you're like holy shit <laughs> it that got me was, it got me a little dizzy yeah good fucking flying man and almost hitting people and stuff 
But uh, Hoover Niebold, which is – that's a hell of a name, um, <laughs> who um, Ronnie Howard plays or Opie Cunningham, uh, <laughs> he is kind of a douche because, okay, nobody else he, – he's a guy that like in high school uh, – well, okay, he wears a Civil War hat. Now, on the poster, which I think is weird, it's kind of funny – on the poster, they put a rebel flag on the front of his uh, Civil War hat. Yep. But in the movie, the hat is dark blue, which would, I would think would be Union. A Union hat, and it doesn't have the stars and bars across the. Oh, wait, or no? Was the or was Union it okay? Was gray was the Confederacy. Okay. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm a self-hating, hating southerner, I guess. <laughs> so anyway, but he had a, you know, I, I feel like I feel like I saw him actually. He actually had a rebel flag on his belt buckle. I feel like I saw that. He? Yeah. Okay. I know he had a big fucking weird looking belt buckle on, but nobody else dressed like most of the people. Kind of dressed in like like the early to mid seventies kind of you know attire. There was a yeah. couple of long hairs at the at the concession stand. <laughs> they were like, "Hey Hoover, you know, get in the back of the line," but um. No, they didn't there was a, really there was a, play. There was Go a ahead. gag. There was a gag of why he was called Hoover. He said his dad named him that because something about the depression. Do you he, remember what the joke was? He 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 made or when he was born, he created more depression than <laughs> than uh, the president Hoover, I guess. Uh, which is kind of funny because he even makes fun of. He says something about him he, he, talking about himself having big ears and red hair, yeah, yeah, yeah. that bony. Um, but they don't play up any kind of like southern shit like you would think with like the Dukes of Hazard because first of all the movie was made in like fucking California. Oh yeah. Well, it, it's funny as as I was watching it, the I, I was thinking to myself, you know, these hills, these mountains in the background kind of look like the hills and mountains of Georgia from Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, because <laughs> Dukes well, of Hazard was filmed in California. And, and you have, like I said, on the poster now the car was I think a, wasn't it a Camaro? I thought it was well. I thought it was a uh, like a must some sort of Mustang. Mm, I think it was a Camaro. Yeah. But anyway, who gives a shit? Anyway, <laughs> the um, the um, <laughs> it's orange, so that kind of gives you a Dukes of Hazard feel and everything. Now, yeah, what yeah. I will say this: uh, just seeing some of the people in the movie, like you have Clint Howard's in there, and he doesn't play Hoover's bro- Hoover's brother; he just plays another. Uh, goofball because there's like a running gag where they just keep getting more and more people in the car they'll just stop but like somebody will be walking down the road and they'll just <laughs> grab them and pull <laughs> so them in the car dumb. but when they when they got that one dude out of the top out of his bedroom that had broken his leg and that fucking yes. that cast he was wearing looked like a big oven mitt <laughs> yeah it didn't even look like a real cast and the toe was completely covered it looked like a boot um, or like a big muckalock uh, so anyway Hoover uh, he his dad has a um like a toilet paper and paper towel thing where they go around to all the bathrooms and that's his job. Mm-hmm. So he's got all his buddies with him and they're trying to sneak in the stock car races. He's really into to stock car racing and everything. And, 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 you know, his dream is probably to fucking race in NASCAR and all right, this shit. Right. So it's a big thing. And, and it, it does kind of take you back. Like it reminded me of like when we first learned how to drive and we'd fill up the car with people and, try and sneak in the drive-in or something like that and not have to pay. So it did kind of remind you that, and it was kind of silly, you know, some of the stuff they were doing. But, of course, now, it, what, I thought it was funny when uh, uh, Darlene, uh, they pretty much focus on her ass walking through the bleachers, and she comes to where her mom and dad are, and she's standing there watching the races, and her dad says something about, you know, 
sit down, you're causing a spectacle of yourself, which she was because Jesus Christ, I probably every guy in the fucking stands was probably like, because <laughs> um, I mean, her ass looked fine. Um, yeah, she, she pulled off the hot pants well. She sure did. Um, now, the, I thought one of the funny things was um, you had the one guy in there, <laughs> Big Bubba Jones. And Big Bubba Jones is played by the guy who played Reuben Kincaid on The Partridge Family, yeah. Dave Madden. Dave, Dave Madden. He was also <laughs> – I, I remember him from The Partridge Family. I think – I think what I remember, I think I might remember him from Alice more because Alice is a show oh, yeah. I watched when I was a kid. He was he was pretty fucking funny in this because he uh, uh, it ends up Hoover is of course in Darlene's probably the hottest chick around, so of course he's like enamored with her, but he looks like a douche because he's trying <laughs> to be like uh, kind of have his own look, but he, he's like wearing I think the clothes like the pants and the shirt he had must have been like the uniform for the the place that he delivered you know worked for mm-hmm. because he just had like a gray shirt and a pair of gray pants like you said he had that big belt buckle but he wore that stupid civil war hat so he just kind of stood out but he kind of looked douchey and then she's this hot chick that everybody wants to fuck everybody's just like oh even the women are like god damn ooh, she's a whore but she's you know because she, she's real hot and so he's trying to impress her and trying to get in with her and she basically says you know, you know, why are you so special? And he's like, well, I got more speeding tickets than anybody in the fucking state or county or something. So she, she says, you know, it's almost like it was weird because at first she says she wants to, to him to take her for a ride and he wants to get in his big like panel truck or van or whatever it is. And she goes, I'm going to have a fucking truck. She goes, I want that car, which big Bubba Jones's car, like I said, it's, it's kind of painted like what you would think the general lee looks like now with uh mm-hmm. you know it was all orange really it's it really did stand out and um so hoover's like well fuck you know if i'm gonna get some of this fucking poontang uh can you imagine as thick as her hair was how thick her bush would have been <laughs> um why is she named christopher it's a weird name for a woman and if you look her up she was in a lot of tv shows and if you see like her face you'll probably recognize her um but anyway Big Bubba Jones. Big Bubba Jones, um, Hoover decides, he's, she says, I want to ride in that car. So she goes and uh, he goes and gets in. The, he talks to Big Bubba Jones, and uh, who is kind of like this. It was funny because he's like, thinks he's the shit. <laughs> and they give him this tin fucking trophy, and, um, and they just have like this little card table set up with some flowers on it. And the trophy is real cheesy. But to Big Bubba Jones, it was like being the king of these little local racetracks was like really something to him. So Hoover steals the car. She comes. And what the, one of the funniest parts of this movie, and I thought this, it, it was just perfect. The doors, of course, are welded shut. So Darlene has to crawl through the window. She's got them hot pants on. <laughs> and Hoover reaches up and grabs her by the butthole and the pussy and like pulls her in. He, he grabs her like a fucking bowling ball to help yeah. her in the car, which was because you know you would do note. that. Yep, yep. He cuffed it right in there. <laughs> oh, he got right in there. And she, didn't get, she was fucking home, man. She was like, probably like, you know. So anyway. Um, now they start picking up all their goofy friends and shit. Which I did kind of. I, I did like. I did like when um, there was a sixty-eight cool sh- Camaro. By the way, it was a, okay. Okay, the uh, the the Camaro changed body style like a couple years after that. It was yeah. by seventy. It was longer, but the um, there was a really cool shot when uh, he's kind of trying to woo her or whatever, and she said, 
you know, he said she wants to go on a ride or whatever. She says, I don't want to ride in just any car. I want to ride in that car. And she points and it like, he kind of like leans over her arm to see exactly. I like that scene. Yeah. He's like, he leans right over and looks down her arm to see exactly what she's pointing at. And you see Bubba's car like through the fence. I thought that was a neat, neatly yeah. shot scene. It gets to the point where they just keep, like I said, the running joke of them loading all their buddies up in the car. So they, there's probably a time where they had like eight or nine people in the <laughs> yeah. fucking car. They pick up that big goofy guy who was on, he was on, uh, shit, I don't know if it was, there was a show called CPO Sharky where uh, Don Rickles, I think, played uh, a, uh, uh, I wouldn't be a sergeant, but, you know, in the Navy they have different ranks or whatever, but like that in the Navy. And this guy was his big, tall, stupid, goofy, blonde-haired uh, aide or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that guy was the guy with the cast on his leg, I think. And so, and he brings his shotgun with him. He's crawling out the window and he just throws the shotgun off the roof and just lands on the ground. And they're like, what are you bringing a shotgun for? It's pheasant season. So while they're driving down the road, he just like, will just shoot for no reason. They did show one bird that was sitting on a fence post, but there was, it seemed like Darlene was almost like, had like some weird fetish. Cause she'd just be, cause I remember in uh, the, 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 yeah, the movie insatiable with, Marilyn Chambers, the porno movie. The thing was, uh, she was supposed to be insatiable. So at the end of the movie, like w- this guy would just fuck the shit. It'd be like an orgy, and like these guys would be just fucking the shit, her, fucking her, fucking her, fucking her. And at the end, after they all come all over and everything, she's just like more, 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 <laughs> and it goes off like that. Well, that's the way Darlene was about the the driving in the car, or the movie Crash, where the people got off on the car wrecks. Yeah, that's kind of what it reminded me of. She was like getting on that, but I thought it was funny because it did kind of take you back. Because I mean, I think every guy has met a girl. That you know, they're trying to to impress them and trying to get with them, and even if they do, even they may even actually get with them and fuck them or whatever, or make out with them. But then the girl is doesn't like she doesn't take any of it seriously. She'll just go on to the next guy, right? Because she gets in there with Ronnie Howard or Hoover, and he thinks, oh, you know, I, I'm, I got my chance to to make this to to uh, impress her. But then when they go pick these people up. The guy with the big, tall, blonde hair guy with the broken leg was some guy that she was dating or had dated. And yep, he's like, yep. God damn, what the fuck? And it, there were several occasions where he was, she did stuff. And he was like, like when they went to this house to hide out and they need to go get gas and she doesn't go with him. And he's like, well, you know, why don't you go with me? You know, and she's like, no, I'm not going with you. And then she gets on the phone after he leaves and starts telling her friend, you know, that he's kind of a geek and all this and that. But anyway, but, but even though she's saying that's what's funny is this shows you, you know, yeah, fucking women. But uh, she sits there and says all that shit, but then, you know, she ends up, you know, uh, letting Hoover yeah, yeah. Uh, wash her back, I guess. Uh, oh, I can't reach this part. Yeah. Now, there were several times in this movie where they did some things with the camera that I thought that were just silly and I really didn't like. Ugh. Like where they would speed it up real super fast, like the madcap, like uh, kind of uh, Keystone Cops kind of shit. Uh, there was some time. There was one time where uh, Hoover drives the, the fucking Camaro. And there's like a storage trailer or something, and he goes on top of it and off the end of it, so the the car's going nose down straight into the dirt, and it you they stop it right when it hits the ground, and <laughs> she goes wait, put it in reverse, and it like backs it, which is completely impossible. I mean, yeah, but I know it's dumb. supposed to be kind of a madcap kind of comedy, but I'm telling you what, it was goofy. It was kind of, now the dad. It was kind of funny at the police station 
There was, but you know, in a movie like this, there's things that happen, and you're sitting there going, "This is so stupid." Because, like the deputy, the people were coming in just to complain about his son stealing the car and tearing up shit. And this one deputy has this 12 gauge pump shotgun and is just pointing it with his finger on the trigger right at all these innocent people for no reason. <laughs> and um, but now, Big Bubba Jones in the police station, I thought was hilarious. Yeah, he's fun. He's he's pretty funny throughout. I liked I liked his character. He's not in the movie a ton, but yeah, I, liked, had, I thought he was funny. Yeah, the sheriff had a refrigerator there, and it said "absolutely no admittance." And Bubba Jones just goes over and opens it up, and and the beer cans that had the pull off tab, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know the old metal beer cans, and he just there, man. I'm telling you what, this it sort of reminded me of a Hal Needham. Burt Reynolds kind of a movie where everybody's just drinking fucking beer yep. and get drunk because they, I mean, they just drank a shitload of beer in this. And then just bring, like, well, we can't stop your son, so let's get the other stock car racers. And they're all drunker and shit, and the one has a beer can hat on. Mm-hmm. My grandma used to make those where they take the beer can and they, they cut out the logo and put, punch holes around the square thing that they cut out and then, like, crochet. Uh, thing to hold it all together to make like a bucket hat <laughs> and we had like Stroh's ones and all kinds of shit like that and people wore them too man it was <laughs> fucking sad uh, <laughs> but anyway this movie like I said I, I kind of have fond memories of it because I think if especially say okay 1976 ah, it's probably like 11 years old I mean at that age I ate this shit up. Yeah. I loved car movies back then. Any kind of fucking car race car. That's why I like Peter Fonda in movies like that he was in like that and even this one and Grand Theft Auto. I uh, I, yeah, I haven't seen Grand Theft Auto and I'm I'm kind of wondering if we should have reviewed that one instead. I wonder if it's a little less goofy. Um, well, this, it, it, it's not like this. It wasn't like you know, like yeah, this. Th- this was now. This was. It says this was directed by what's this guy's name? Uh, Charles Charles B. Griffith, who I think was known a lot more for his writing as opposed to his because uh, he wrote yeah. Death Race and, and movies like that. Um, I don't. He didn't. He didn't direct too much, but I feel like. Ron Howard probably this was, might have been like because I know he had something to do. Did he direct Grand Theft Auto? I think didn't they? Didn't he say he told Corman uh, in the you know when he was doing this one that he wanted to like learn shit? Yeah, so I'm pretty uh, sure he and, helped at least uh, direct part of this or, yeah, or something like that. Like um, se- the second uh, whatever you call it. Yeah, you know? yeah. So and, but yeah, he uh, Grand Theft Auto he directed. Yes. Okay. So the, um, I mean, it's 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 cool for I guess historically speaking, and maybe this is the this is definitely Ron Howard's first motion picture. I would say, um, you know, he was in television obviously, but I don't think that he starred in any movies before this. But it's cool getting to see, I guess the the, you know, well, I mean, he became a pretty respectable director, I'd say. So. Yeah. Um, this, Some people this hate his guts, though, as a director. They think like all his movies are like feel good, this and that, blah blah. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, some guys do. I mean, it's just you know, that's so that certain era of directors is what they do. Yeah. You know, um, his dad is in it, Rance Howard. I don't remember what he who he plays exactly. He wants the deputies. He you know was, that one big bony tall deputy. Like right at the beginning, he was uh, he, t- he came out of like a whorehouse or something, and he was check he was unzipped his pants and was like adjusting his cock and shit, <laughs> and then and then he was standing there, and here comes fucking Hoover in that car, and and the guy does like almost it looked like something out of Bugs Bunny because he was real <laughs> long and lanky, and he jumped up and was like woohoo, you know, and 
There was a couple uh, of goofy things. Corbin yeah. Burnson, did you see him? He uh-uh. was the, the gas station when Ronnie Howard pulled up with the the wagon that he was getting the gas. Oh, that was he him? was the gas station attendant. That was pretty funny, That's too. What they said. There, so there was some there was some dumb stuff that I still laughed at anyway. Um, like uh, the upside down police car gag was pretty funny. When yeah, the, the guy's the, like, I'm in an inverted position. <laughs> yes, that was pretty funny. And it looked really bad when um, when the when Ron Howard's car or when Bubba's car sends the all the shopping carts rolling out into the parking lot and like it keeps taking out random people but there's this one dude on a skateboard that just obviously just jumps uh, into a pile of this random pile of boxes just sitting on the sidewalk which made me laugh cuz it was so dumb and uh when Ron Howard was uh when he was super excited that he was going to get some ass and he started warping that was kind of stupid but I laughed at that warping. too. Warping. What's warping? When when <laughs> when the camera like would skip and you'd see him like Oh yeah, like, yeah, jump. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty dumb. I thought that you meant like twerking. <laughs> yes, no, that's what uh, Ron Howard starts twerking. <laughs> that's what Darlene did. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Now let me say, let me tell you something. People. If you're in the goddamn bathroom and there's a hot chick and she's in the bathroom and you're in the shower and you're in there at the same time, there's about a 99% chance you're going to fuck. She wouldn't be in there. She would, you know, wouldn't. It's like if you're in bed and the girl gets in bed with you and blah, 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 you know, and like, oh, let's just sleep. You know, give me a break. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you see, you see it coming. The, um, there's some, there's some really cool car stuff in this, but there's some other stuff that I thought was just kind of meh. I, I don't know. Like some of the driving, was really and I always forget the term that's used when they speed up the film to make it look yeah, faster. Under cranking. Yeah, you could really tell it a few times, like when cars would go over bumps and stuff, because the the just the the physics of the car were just impossible, which made it look kind of bad a few times. And then um, they were just having fun. They, they were, yeah, yeah, just kids sucked. out for a ride. Um, <sighs> one of the gimmicky things I did like was when they had the huge hill, and you could they they had barely mixed in this. Uh, audio of a roller coaster yeah do you remember that part where all you yeah. see is the shot outside the, the the front window and you hear kind of almost screaming and the sound of a roller coaster rolling Jesus down the hill Christ, when she was like you'll go over the cliff with me you know and everything and you didn't see the cliff you just saw them sitting there i thought it was going to be like a film Thelma and louise cliff like it was going to be like this sheer drop <laughs> it's just, it's a, just a hill <laughs> if you went down slow hell you could have go down it um i can't imagine a, a how shitty a job would be to ride around town and just reload paper towel dispensers that, yeah. would, that would suck but uh did you notice the van door wouldn't close at the beginning when uh this they had this old shitty van he tried to get it to close and it just would bounce back open again that was zany zany well the zany part was like the the kind of shit where his dad's sniffing he's like you smell a suspect <laughs> that kind of stuff was that was pretty bad you know that jokes like that the stuff in the um the stuff in the uh, police station in general Got yeah, it. that that really kind of. What about the it. hand behind the window, in the drunk tank? The, you just saw the silhouette of that hand. Oh yeah. See, I don't know that whole that whole thing with the police station really drug the movie down for yeah. me. Like whenever it would go back there, there's something about the the guy that played. Now I looked up his his um, the movies he was in. The guy that played his dad. Uh, what was his name in the movie? At first, I thought it Sheriff. was the redheaded cop in. Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry. It was War- always busting what's his name's nuts. Warren. Cap- yeah. Oh, right. Warren. What? Warren Kimmerling. Now, I looked through his list. I have never. I don't think I'd seen anything he's in. But something about his voice. I was certain that I'd heard his voice as a like a cartoon character or something. Because mm-hmm. there's a few times he's just yelling, like ranting, 
which was I wish they had let the music like let his rant play a little more on the radio because some of the 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 writing um, at times didn't it sounded completely out of place but but it made it a little interesting but they would uh, just kind of like talk over it and stuff as he's I mean it's almost like a it's almost like a political speech he's yelling over the radio yeah. to everybody how about that one the one woman in the police station like every time she'd walk by a guy the guy would grab her ass and she'd be like did you just do that did you just touch my pos- did she say posterior my, my posterior <laughs> it's dumb that was dumb <laughs> Uh, but uh, it's yeah. like you're watching a porno movie. They cut all the sex scenes out or something. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like oh, and I laughed. I laughed at the dummy, the dummy in the one car that rolled down the hill, and you saw that limp arm just flopping around <laughs> outside the window. That was pretty. Funny you gotta too. love the dummy. Yeah. Um, that's all I got on this. <laughs> let's, let's rate yeah. it. Oh, um, hmm. rating this. I watching it today. Well, yeah. factor your nostalgia in. You, you got to enjoy it a little bit for that. God damn, that girl looked hot. So that's that's a few points. <laughs> um, three point seven five. Three point seven five. Yeah, it was uh, stupid. I was getting ready to say that was low, but I'm right there. Um, I uh, <laughs> <laughs> I could I I went I started to give it a four. I couldn't. <laughs> three. Um, I give it a four. The um, I don't know. I thought it was a little boring. There's a few moments that I giggled. But for, eh, for the most part, I thought it was kind of kind of dumb. I wish I I, I just I, I I wish I'd rather watched uh, I would have rather watched Grand Theft Auto, which I haven't seen either. But I assume is probably better. Yeah, <sighs> it's all right. Um, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it was only an hour and a half, so I mean, it went pretty quick. Yeah, both of these are nice, quick, quick '70s style actioners. So good stuff. Um, why don't we take a break and we'll come back and do. One we might like a little better. Dirty Mary. Crazy Larry. When you're watching movies, are you sick of remakes, reboots, reimaginings, reinventions, and Reese Witherspoon? Are you fed up with movies where giant robots try to remake Enter the Dragon? Do you think that torture porn is vastly inferior to 1970s drive-in porn? Do you find Botox actresses with fake tits and action heroes with no chest hair a turn-off? Do movies where no single shot lasts more than two and a half seconds piss you off? Yeah, me too. That's why I do Paleo Cinema Podcast, a podcast for films more than 20 years old. So if you think that Sid Charisse is a guy and that Myrna Loy is a kind of metal you need Paleo Cinema Podcast. Go to paleo-cinema.com and do yourself a favour. on you wait I blame this on you you posted the Miley Cyrus picture on our group yeah 
That's good enough. All right, crazy, dirty, <laughs> <laughs> dirty Mary. Maybe it should have been Crazy Mary, Dirty Larry. No, no, no. Dirty Mary. Dirty she Mary. Dirty, white, trashy. Yeah, she. Yeah. She I like it. it. So uh, yeah, Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry. <laughs> she looks like somebody that I'd see in, uh, in around here. <laughs> Even though she's British. I know. Uh, so. All right, let's go. You want to <laughs> you, you synopsize? This is a long one. Larry and Deke are a small-time car racing duo who rob a grocery store and plan to use the proceeds to buy an expensive race car in order to win more races and break into the professional NASCAR circuit. Was that really their their reason for doing it? Shit, yeah, man. I I missed that. Speed costs money. Uh, Their escape with the... (laughs) Wait a minute. Their escape with the loot does not go smoothly as planned when Larry's one-night stand, Mary, tags along for the ride. (laughs) One step ahead of the obsessed sheriff, they manage to evade several police cruisers, a high-performance police interceptor, and even a helicopter in the 1969 Dodge Charger RT. Don't say the last one. (laughs) It's the fucking spoiler. Um, (laughs) I just saw that. I was like, wow, yeah. Jerk. Larry, you stink. Larry. That was Crazy Larry. Crazy Larry wrote that. Dirty Larry wrote that. Dirty so, Pussy. So this... Uh, <laughs> crazy, <laughs> dirty Larry. Dirty Pussy. Crazy Pussy. <laughs> dirty, ma- dirty Pussy. Would you rather have crazy. Dirty Pussy or Crazy Pussy? Crazy. Okay. <laughs> eh, I don't know. You can wash off dirty. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is directed by John... Is it Huff or Hugh... Huff, Huff, who has only done some things that I've heard of, heard, heard of, heard of, but I've never actually seen. Um, uh, Escape to Witch Mountain being one of them. Uh, the Howling Four, which I've never seen. Um, so yeah, I think he started off. He was a British director. He started off doing some uh, Hama stuff. So yeah, this is not a horror movie. So you got uh, you got uh, as you said, Deke and Larry. Mm. And I have a uh, almost a a friends of Eddie Coyle type holdup of a uh, yeah. of a grocery store where they one of them stays at the uh, manager's home and holds the family hostage while the other one holds up the bank uh, with a phone, basically saying, "I'm going to kill your family if you don't, you know, dump some money in the bag here." A sack. In the sack, in the feed sack. So I really hate the fucking song that opens this movie. I don't know what it is, but man, it's obnoxious. They really should have used a rock song or something a little more fun or twangy or something, but it's just like stupid ballad. It's really crappy. They always used to do shit like that. It was <sighs> like uh, fucking like Paul Williams or something, right? Something. There was the, there was the, wasn't, didn't, uh, Balls was it, was it uh, Any Which Way But Loose? It was one of the Clint Eastwood movies had a real shitty song like that. At yeah, the beginning, or Kelly's too. heroes are playing like the little kids singing. Yeah. The little kid in that movie with uh, what's her face that was in the kitchen, the angelic voice. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, I don't know if uh, I don't know if Peter Fonda's head has ever been bigger than in this movie. <laughs> he had a shag haircut. It made it, I think he was trying to cover up his big forehead. He has a giant forehead, and he doesn't do a very good job covering it up in this movie. Like, so I watched. I watched. Uh, was it race, race the against devil. the devil? Or I, I want to say race with the devil. With the devil. Race with the devil. Oh. Um, and his hair did a lot better in that movie because it covered up the five head a lot better. But 
And this one, it doesn't help that he's sweaty most of it, so his hair gets kind of separated, but it's like almost like Frankenstein at the top. Yeah, he must know? have fucked the shit out of her. Or They didn't have air conditioning because when he first comes out of her uh, little shitty uh, apartment where where he banged her his hair was kind of his hair was sweaty right right yeah yeah you know that he was just tearing that old country pussy up <laughs> now does the does, it, does this do they say where this movie takes place i feel like it's somewhere oregon or washington somewhere up in pacific northwest kind mm-hmm. of type thing or maybe northern california or something yeah that's just california oh, they were talking about those walnut groves or something yeah that's something not like something that. you'd see in the south it'd be like yeah. it'd be like a pecan farm or something but it here. seems like the, that's what's weird is they'll make these movies in california but they totally appeal to you know southern redneck kind of culture i right, guess right do you know what kind of car that was they were driving at first the the blue one the one at the first no some kind it, of is a 68 chevy something um the blue the blue car now this car is not fancy at all but you can tell it was one of those things that was like a monster when you'd actually step yeah. on the gas um so they had this plan set up and uh um larry has the uncanny ability to apparently to attract just bullshit all the time and yeah and be obnoxious the bullshit in this case is uh is dirty mary (laughs) dirty mary (laughs) (laughs) so dirty mary has a reputation a girl named crazy sherry crazy sherry and dirty mary that's the one that that uh i'm not gonna say it (laughs) my friend was like what are you doing when i had her in my car Um, <laughs> Deke has a funny line early on. It says, "Any town's a little nice, to, a nice little town when you nail abroad." Um, but they, well, and you can't argue with that. Well, I guess not. The um, so they have their their plan set up, the Eddie Coyle style robbery. But uh, Mary's not Mary's not happy with the fact that uh, that Larry just bounces the morning after when it's time for the robbery, and she follows him all the way to the grocery store that they're they're holding up in her granddad's uh, truck. And this is one of the crazy parts. She throws away her own keys, which is really odd. But <laughs> she um, she won't leave. Like she, um, it, it's annoying. I found I found her character kind of annoying. But they didn't rely too much on circumstance, or you know, or not circumstance, um, uh, coincidence to keep her around. Um, I like I like the the writing choices made that keep her around because you know they could have like you think if somebody was so annoying they could just dump her you know just and they try a few times but there's reasons why they always have to go back and get her which I thought was pretty it was pretty well done but um, the uh, <laughs> uh, well, my, well I think my favorite part of this whole movie is how um, I guess verbally abusive yes. <laughs> Fonda is to Susan George. <laughs> for, I mean, from the get go, you know, he tells her, it's like, if you don't give me those keys, I'm going to pop you. But stuff like that. He calls her all these fucking hilarious names. He tells her I'm one point. tits. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's if you try another stunt like that, I'm going to braid your tits. He, he calls her Dingleberry. He calls her Super Crotch at one point. Super Crotch. <laughs> that was awesome. He calls her Rover when she sticks her head out the window. She's like, roll it hey, in. Rover. Bring it in, Rover. Because <laughs> that's exactly what she looked like. Though. She was dumb. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I would be attracted to her. You would? <laughs> yeah. 
She had quite a set of choppers on her, I gotta say. Yeah, even even though she has kind of like that one snaggle tooth or something, it gets it adds some charisma. So Adam I don't Rourke. I what it is. I always thought, I mean, just kind of redneck, a little white trash hoe bag. <laughs> so, so Adam Rourke plays the other half of the, the duo. Um, Adam Rourke has been, was in a lot of biker movies and stuff like that. He plays the straight man. And Didn't he die? I think he died pretty young. He died. Yeah, he was less yeah, than 60, 58. 58. Um, he... Um, he is the mechanic of the duo, and he's the one that goes to the house at the beginning where Fonda is walking into the bank, and he's cocky, and he wears his, his tortoiseshell aviators, which I noticed he wore the same, same damn aviators in, in, uh, in Ride with the Devil, or Race with the Devil. I always thought Peter Fonda had like, these kind of weird eyes. Like He looked like he was high all the time, and when he would have sunglasses on when I was a kid, I always thought he looked cool, but then when he would take his glasses <laughs> off, I was like, he kind of looks kind of weird i think we talked about that in that other, in highball and i think it was the same thing we were thinking when you take the sunglasses. Rolling. um so um so another another thing i thought was really well done and it was the relationship between deke who adam work plays and larry um yeah. they they are both kind of they both they it's implied uh, that both of them have immense talent in what they do you know Deke being the mechanic that can fix these cars and and soup them up to you know make them go super fast, even even cars that don't look like they should even go fast, um, and Larry who you know is a fantastic driver at least in is what they say you know, especially in his own mind. Right, right, and that and then but what's what's interesting about the two of them is how what how their relationship works because they both have their great flaws too that they they don't just spell out you know necessarily you get to see that kind of unfold as the thing goes on you know deke has his demons like they 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 slowly uncover first you see him like order a soda or coke or something at a bar they they kind of start talking about he you know basically drunk himself out of the out of racing larry's a real asshole to him you know larry yeah and larry's larry's seems like he's just an asshole to everyone you know he's He's got this great talent, but he's super cocky, um, and he refuses to 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 let anybody even like m- imply that they might be better than him in some way. And um, he, you know, he's he's uh, he's too easily he's very easily distracted. He can't be serious ever um, unless he's <laughs> talking about breaking every bone in <laughs> Susan George's crotch. I think he says another time. <laughs> um, he likes her crotch. Yeah, he does. But uh, and he's uh, he, he's really funny in it too. When when because he's very he he makes himself laugh, which always makes me laugh when somebody give it. You know, he's like, how could you not like somebody as full of shit as that? And he always laughs right after he says something. He's got he's got a lot. He's got a He's got that gummy smile, which is kind of gross. But he's yeah. <laughs> he's always he's always just cracking himself up after he laughs. But um, Vic Morrow plays the other main guy in the movie, and he's I guess the I guess he's like the dirty hairy type rogue sheriff. Um, there's a guy obviously over him, but there's a guy obviously there's a guy obviously over him, but. He kind of does his own thing. He doesn't wear a badge, which drives his his chief or whoever it is. I don't know what the ranks are called in the, when you're a sheriff, but 
pig, pig one, pig two. Yeah, when the fattest pig, you know, <laughs> he he doesn't like that that Vic Morrow keeps the shaggy shaggy hair and wears that old beat up cowboy hat. And he doesn't wear a badge ever and doesn't wear his, he doesn't I don't even know if he wears a uniform. Nah, he just has like uh he just kind of like a a bum. He just like kind of like a cowboy sort of. Yeah. Um but he must he must be effective so he can get away with it. Yeah, but the uh I really like the way his character is introduced because I don't know that he might not even drive because somebody is calling on the, one of the cops are calling early on the radio that they need to go pick him up. Uh, so he's driven the whole movie. He never actually drives himself, but he's already awesome because somebody tells him like, you know, after this getaway of robbing the grocery store, the only information he's given is that they're driving a 68 Chevy and he's already just, he's already pissed about that. <laughs> Like he's our, and I really liked him in this movie. He's really he's kind of over the top. He wears this really tacky, like uh, one of those clip-on turquoise bracelets. Yeah, <laughs> but, and it's um, a coincidence. We were just we had a big discussion about uh, Vic Morrow at your uh, in-laws. Yeah, about uh, what the movie where he got killed, the Twilight Zone movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Landis. Um. So uh, and and with a helicopter, which he. You know, yeah. a third of this movie is in a helicopter. Um, but the um, the the driving in this movie is uh, far and beyond better than the f- first movie. Like, there's some amazing fucking yeah. driving in this. And these big cars that these guys drive, you know, you see cars like spinning sideways and everything, what, drifting now. Um, when you fucking, like, take these cars that weigh, you know, 10,000 pounds or whatever the fuck and you know, sliding sideways and shit, you know, they're fucking like, they need to be, have practice to do that. You know, it's not just a gimmick. Um, they, you know, they switched from the 68 Chevy, whatever it is at some point and they get this, uh, Dodge charger. Yeah. Cause they had gotten anything that was any more, um, <laughs> inconspicuous. Yeah, this bright yellow Dodge charger, um, that, uh, and what what made I think Susan George's character so annoying for me is that she, it was always kind of her fault that they they kept getting seen um, because she just wouldn't leave them alone. She's very very clingy, um, and you get that you get that impression throughout the movie that she's kind of annoyed some other people as well. But uh, I like when, uh, when Fonda leaves her after he fucks her and then he goes to the grocery store and he's like walking going to go in the grocery store and she pulls up and there's just these two like middle class older people standing there getting ready to go shop they get out of their car and she's yelling at him but he walks around the corner and she goes hey asshole (laughs) like what oh that's just old mary coons (laughs) and he's wearing his ugly like uh braided i have a feeling that everybody everybody uh, in that town knew uh, Mary Coons and her reputation. Yes, definitely. I mean, you know, every single every they, she ran across all those rednecks that knew who she was. Yeah, but um, oh, Mary Coons. Mm, my wife just brought in some kettle corn. It's delicious. <laughs> no, um, minute, this isn't GGTMC. Get that shit out of your mouth. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I read an interesting, kind of interesting little story about that um, about the car. And kind of the where cars where stuff ends up, but basically the the production studio they went through three chargers. Oh, I believe it. Only one was the actual like charger RT or whatever, and there was a couple of them that were like a little cheaper, I guess. 
um, the ones they wrecked. But um, the production studio actually sold that car um, like an auction or whatever. And the guy that bought it um, didn't, he didn't realize at the time that's what it was for. It was just like a production studio auction. Like I said, it didn't say from the set of. And he said when he found it in the back, it had a, um, a CB antenna that he kept for years. They actually tracked down this guy that bought the car. And um, it had a blue shirt in the back with a grease stain on it. And he thought it was a crew member shirt. But when he actually watched the movie later on, he noticed that it was the shirt that Fonda was wearing. And so his, his shirt it was wasn't black. a grease stain. It was a stain from Sudan George's crotch. <laughs> but so the car ended up just like he drove it around for a while and he like let his girlfriend borrow it. And his girlfriend's 13 year old sister wrecked it on an entrance ramp to a highway ran nice. and totaled it. So, yep, that was the fate of that car as years later, it was wrecked by a 13 year old on an entrance ramp to a highway. Um, nom, nom. I love kettle corn. Um, <laughs> the, um, just a few times and you know they that because of how many dukes of hazard cars they went to when these cars go airborne you know as soon as they land they're done oh yeah i always loved that the beginning of dukes of hazard whenever you'd see that damn car land after running over the jump and you'd see just the front end just buckling entirely yeah (laughs) and this one there's a pretty incredible jump over an open drawbridge and the the sparks that come out under that thing when it lands pretty much nose first. <laughs> but the guy teaches it on the road. It was amazing. Oh, man. So good. Them guys knew what they were doing, Song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Susan George really needs to eat a biscuit in this movie. She's really skinny. <laughs> now, her. I, I, don't, I, don't mind, I, I don't mind her. She's fine. She's good for this role. Oh, she was great in this role. The... She is too skinny, though. She needs a little more meat on her. Oh, come on now. Women shouldn't have six-pack abs. I'm sorry. Doesn't look right. I, she didn't have six-pack abs. Dude. Did she? Yes. Oh, you're weird. It was you're like weird. washboard. It was gross. You like them thick girls that twerk. <laughs> My note for the drawbridge is, drawbridge, holy shit. Um, didn't somebody say holy shit? Um, oh, yeah, it was a dude. Oh, that was funny. When they actually jump over it, the drawbridge operator, he just leans out. This is like a fat old guy, and he, you just see him mouth, holy shit. Um, Look at Peter Fonda's forehead. <laughs> holy shit, that holy was a shit. forehead. That was reflective. He's got a shag haircut. <laughs> He's a man. <laughs> um, the cinematography in this the, with the car chases is very, very well done. It was you know dizzying at times. Really, um, a lot of stuff like hood, tops of the cars, on the street, you know, shooting back with a car right behind. Some of the stuff with the interceptor, how close that car was following behind the other one was pretty incredible. Because he was on, because I'm unlimited. That guy was hilarious. <laughs> he was that kind of annoying. <laughs> Keep going, partner, because my top end is unlimited. Oh my God, he was such a redneck. God, I hated ass. him. <laughs> And then I like when the fucking telephone pole fell on his fucking car, and he's like, uh, "The brakes gave uh, out, and uh, and uh, <laughs> student was loose." Um, there's a funny bit with a sign with a billboard that says, "There's a name for people who don't use seatbelts." Stupid. Nah. <laughs> um, that sign says, as, as they of course fucking go through. You know, Tarantino right. stole that for uh, mm-hmm. uh, death. Proof. Death proof, yeah. Um. 
No spitting, no swearing, no risk cue women. That just about covers your act, Mary. That was pretty funny. The um let's see. Risk you. <laughs> <laughs> Who said the line? Oh yeah. So as any good road movie, you know, you you as I was saying earlier, you kind of un you kind of unravel a little more and a little more about the characters. But um there's a I, I liked the part later on with um, Deke and Mary when they finally kind of make amends because they fucking hate each other at first. Um, Deke just can't stand her. He's very serious. He's very stone faced. He wears all black to, you know, to um, to foreheads, you know, fingerless gloves, and his all. He's wearing this horrible like all denim. Uh, I guess it's a not really a Canadian tuxedo because it's a denim shirt, but the denim denim outfit but um he's a lot more muted and everything but i like the part where they finally kind of sit down and finally start talking so and it, it you know it comes out a little more of why she may be acting as she is and but he you know he has an interesting line he says why do you think being good is the whole story which is kind of a cool road uh, a cool road <laughs> a cool line um there's a cool i liked when uh Fonda says, "Hey Deke, remember that? Remember Robert Mitchum in Thunder Road? I'm gonna yeah. powder his face." And I felt like watching before I watched this. I felt like watching Thunder Road after watching that Mitchum submarine movie. So, jaw. Um, but you know, kind of the the chase keeps going and going. It's kind of a. At times, it kind of feels like almost like a vanishing point kind of thing with a lot of comedy mixed in. Mm-hmm. It's not as meta. Not like as a, like like a stuntman's dream mm-hmm. kind of a thing. But um, the the stuff with the helicopter man, I I couldn't believe some of that stuff I was seeing. I was certain a yeah, few Vic times. Yeah, Vic Morrow should have fucking learned from that. <laughs> he should have been like, "Fuck this shit." That was amazing. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I don't want to give away anything. But there's some stuff with a helicopter that has you know you got to see it to believe it because crazy shit. I thought it was gonna be you know like when they you know in like Terminator Two. There's a scene with a helicopter. Uh, with the with in where this helicopter kind of crashes into a car, and when you see the making of it, it's like the body of a helicopter just on a truck. And they, this is not man. This fucking helicopter is flying about five feet off the ground sometimes. And man, whoever was driving that thing, they're nuts. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I like motherfucker, you nuts. I like the end of this movie. It's just it's it's good. It's a good little I guess counterculture feeling kind of kind of movie. It's not as not as kind of metaphorical as a as a vanishing point, but. You know, it has its moments. I, I really like this one a lot. So I've seen it a couple times. So, what did you think of it? Uh, this is like a huge childhood favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unlike um, Eat My Dust, I have watched this one over and over and over. I can still watch it, even watching it today. It doesn't get old for me. Mm-hmm. I love it, love it, love it. Um, it's a good movie. I will. Uh, I love the. Uh, Interaction between uh, Fonda and um, Mary Coons, mm-hmm. Larry and Mary, because I mean it's just it, it's just like uh, this is another one that would appeal to uh, younger guys, not just only for the car, but that's how you know when a when a you're a a, a boy and you kind of pick on the girl because you like her, yep, yep. and that kind of shit. Um, I I like even though. I, I, I like how they showed um, the the sort of relationship between um, 
Deke and Larry because it was like that that thing where you know that they were like probably best friends. Mm-hmm. And Larry, so Deke kind of gives Larry a lot of room because Larry, he knows Larry shoots his fucking mouth off and yeah. says shit that's like hurtful and mean. But then it's like when they were out on the farm fixing the the uh, tire and and Larry kind of shoves Mary down and yeah, Deke takes up yeah, for her. Yeah. Well, then uh, he says all he says that mean shit to him in the bar. About, you know, you fucking drunk, you're not going to bring me down again, blah, 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 blah. And then out there, that he says something to him. But then Larry kind of goes off by himself. And when he comes back, there's like this, without even saying anything, they don't really have to say, I'm sorry or anything like that. He holds his hand out and they shake hands and, you know, they, then they know everything's cool again, you know. So I, I really like that. It wasn't yeah, just yeah. like uh, that they were like really one dimensional. And Vic Morrow's character was really cool. I like, uh, <laughs> he was kind of. Just kind of a, he wasn't a butthole or anything. Like I, that one movie with a uh, oh, return to making County with Nick Nolte and Don Johnson. The cop in that was sort of the same kind of thing, except he was like a psycho. In the in the uh, in the synopsis to this, they said like an obsessed cop, and I guess he was sort of obsessed, but it wasn't like he was crazy. I think it's I, what I got was that he wasn't obsessed necessarily with with just them. I think he was just the kind of guy that. This is just how he did his job all the time. Yeah, yeah. And, and now, it did seem like he was kind of, well, I guess you could say he was kind of, sort of showed that he was kind of obsessed with catching him when the guy kept saying, listen, we're running out of gas in the helicopter. And he was like, you keep going. Mm-hmm. If you got to ram him, you ram him. You know, and it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, but then when it came down to it, and uh, the, 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 you know, light on the helicopter you know, showed that they were like totally out of gas. He was like, okay, you know, fuck it. You know, he he wasn't like the kind of person that was going to kill himself or something right, to right, try right. and catch him. Whatever. So that was pretty cool. The car growing up, you know, anytime you'd see a movie like this and they'd have a car like that or some, you know, that really stood out. You're like, I I remember buying Hot Rod magazines and be like, oh man, I want that car, I want that car, and everything. So that was really cool. Uh, you know, I love this movie. Uh, it's probably. Like I said, it it just it still stands up. I mean, it's a fun watch. The stunts are just great, and oh, yeah. it's it it isn't just nothing but stunts. It, just the the character things between uh, Deke and Larry, and Larry and Dingleberry, and Deke and Dingleberry, and God, the sheriff the and them when they were talking on the microphone. You know, they're taunting each other and shit. That was kind of cool. I love, so I, did I love, he start calling her Dingleberry because when she came out of that barn, she said, "There's no toilet paper in there." Oh, and I think. That was I the first he time he called her Dingleberry. I wonder if that's why was he called it? her. Mm-hmm. Maybe she. Maybe when he was down there munching on her dirty, <laughs> he saw some Dingleberries. Gross. Um, now, Peter Fonda seems like a, I, I bought his book when we were in uh, Cincinnati. His mm-hmm. uh, biography. I haven't read it yet, but I, I, I need to. It's. Uh, I have so many books in my bathroom because I like read in the bathroom, in the tub, or while taking a shit. And uh, <laughs> I need to start reading that because I guarantee you, just okay, being the son of Henry Fonda, he probably saw a lot of shit and a lot of bad stuff too because I know about his mom and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But 
Uh, and then Jane being his sister, and then Dennis Hopper like being his best fucking friend for oh. a while, and all the shit the, making this movie, making Easy Rider and stuff like that. Uh, I'm sure that there's some pretty cool stories. So I'm nice. gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. I got so much shit now. I got JJ's book. I'm reading some fucking occult shit. Oh, I, uh, just, I just finished Oli's book. Man, that guy does hate fucking everybody, man. Oh, he, he's he's not a, a happy person. <laughs> I wish we'd have got to meet him though. Yeah, I feel. I was, I, I know bad. he, but, but I know he would have probably said smart things or kind of been. Well, he probably, you know, knowing that he's sick and stuff like that, he probably would have been more like Ken Patera, you know, just kind of. Yeah. And Ken Patera was okay. When I asked him about that, the uh, Bruce Wilhelm, the guy he was in World's Strongest Man with and stuff, he sort of started talking about that. But, yeah. uh, you know, he's. He, all those guys, like, like Mosca said, you know, about it being. Those guys are 70 some years old. They got all these back pains and replaced hips and knees and everything and they're sitting there on this metal folding chairs for hours and yeah. so they're probably not happy and people ask him stupid questions like why did you burn Ronnie Garvin's face <laughs> but anyway I, if I was going to rate this movie I would give this movie 8.5 I am I right there God, this, this fucking popcorn is amazing. I wish I could watch this movie again and eat this kettle corn. I give it an 8.5 as well. I honestly could I, I, I could watch this movie again. I just watched it today. I could, I could put it in right now and still enjoy it. I saw... I didn't see this movie, as most movies with me. I didn't see this movie until, for the first time, until about four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it was at Action Fest, uh, the action movie festival I went to. And they... Um, between like before movies would start, they would kind of show random clips. And they kept showing this uh, certain clip from this movie with the yellow charger getting chased, and it made me have to see it. And this movie, I mean, if you like car chase movies, you'll like this one a lot. It's, it's just the comedy hits. That was the problem with the first one; was the comedy was too shitty. The driving, the driving was just okay. This one has awesome fucking driving stunts. This one has, and the, the and the comedy makes you laugh. Good movie, good one. Um, we got a short show this week. Let's take a break and do a little feed sack. We'll be right back. Are you tired of the same old pop culture podcast? Do you listen to those other podcasts and think to yourself, why aren't they talking about the things I'm interested in? Hi, I'm Reverend Scott, and when I want to listen to a couple of guys with their appendages on the pulse of pop culture, Penis. I listen to the Are You Serious podcast. Hear news about politics and religion where hosts Chris and Frank ask the tough questions. You woke up with a cock in your mouth. Would you take it or leave it? Yeah, exactly. How big is the cock? <laughs> You'll hear entertainment news about your favorite movies and TV shows, plus plain old wholesome discussion about the lives of Chris and Frank. I mean, now I am, like, tattooed. It's weird. It's like I've... I guess I should explain what I got. Yeah. It's three swastikas. Each one interconnected <laughs> to look like a smiley face. And on my left arm is cock and balls. And you notice I looked at my right the arm character from an old that. Disney film. It's the prequel to Song of the South. Exactly. No, I have, it's um, called Song of the Cock and Balls. <laughs> it sounds like this. So when you think pop culture podcast, remember this. What's that thing between the dick and the asshole? The Are You Serious Podcast on iTunes or areyouseriouspodcast.com. I got spiders in my bathrobe, baby. There's no escape for you. If you think that you can escape me, I've got news for you. I got spiders in my bathrobe, baby. There's no escape for you. 
Some men come the whole night long, but I'd never do that. Some men kiss and speak of bliss. I've got a better trap. I got spiders in my bathrobe, baby, weaving a web for you. I've got spiders in my bathrobe, baby. There's no escape for you. Time for that feed sack. That was Bernie's choice of music this week. Motherfucker finally got in one. Motherfucker. Yeah. Motherfuckers. Motherfuckers. Um, I'm going to read an email first. Yay! Yay! This is from... Uh, I don't know what to... We'll just call him Mr. FX. Oh, that's how he actually signs it. Mr. FX. Remember him? Let me turn down this music. All right. He writes in, How am I heart crusted over a little to hear you boys had gone spandex nut munching during the last show? The mat, the mouth, the motel room to follow, and more. Is Zom a top or a bottom? I see him as a bit of a bottom with the loaf dribbling flakes of aged cheddar. Mm, upon uh. his pro- proffered? I don't know that word. Cheeks while whispering promises he'll only keep with the cheese. Your subs did a fine job indeed, and I thank both of them for their time. I believe I may have hurt Sly's feeling a tad when you read out my last email. I'm sorry, Sly, truly. You're a decent guy despite it all. I once had a dog, listen up, Zom, who also suffered from slanted mouth disease and an incoherent bark, but I kind of liked that cunt too. (laughs) (laughs) Sly, do us all a favor. Unhand your dick, dump the pills, burn your pants and fucking easel, and take a long, hard look at what's left in the mirror. Expendables? Expendables too? Really? Come the fuck on. You're a goddamn geriatric with hair, hair darker than Wesley's hole. <laughs> Give it up for fuck's sake. What about That's Copland? What about embracing a small role as an, asp- as an aspiring cross-dressing uncle to, to a blind Mormon black kid? How about playing, <laughs> playing the one Italian who didn't cower under the leaves of pasta during the Second World War? How about creating an animated show where you're the star and the required subtitles read as balloon-shaped animals? There just has to be something you can do that doesn't involve grunting from your large colon while beating up on a Belgian knot-headed coke lover. <laughs> Jeez. You can do it, Sly. At least, at least four listeners to Silver and Gold believe you can, the dumb fucks. <laughs> in the meantime, let me douse my main wrestling loving boys in much love and affection. Without the loaf and the good Dr. Zom, I'd end up listening to my goddamn co-workers, and those fuckers love Sly, <laughs> Mr. FX. <laughs> that was harsh, man. Thank you, sir. Harsh. God, I've already eaten half this bag. Jesus Christ. Oh, boy. All right. What? Uh, Let's play some feed sack email, voicemail things. This one was from last week. Hey. Speaking of. Yeah. Last week, you guys were talking about Marlon Bradlow, you know, the <laughs> famous acting guy. And you, uh, you compared him to a Taliban, you know, Mickey Rook. You know, Mickey Rook. He's a great actor, you know, and I think that you guys should cover a couple of his movies, you know. Do one of your great bastard episodes, you know. He, he deserves that shit, you know. And I got a couple of beautiful films that he's in to recommend. Now, the first film is a, a film from the year 2000, you know? It's called Get Carter. 
Uh, you know, it's got a great cast. It's got Mickey Rook, uh, Michael Cade. Uh, you know, it's about this guy, you know, who comes back to town <laughs> for his, uh, brother's funeral. There's some shit going on about uh, his brother died. He's got to figure it out, you know? It's uh, played by a great fucking actor, you know, great muscular guy, you know? Great. And, you know, it's being described uh, as the, the greatest action movie of all time. So, yeah, you know, that would be a great one to start with, you know? <laughs> and then, uh, for the second movie, what I'm going for, you know, from 2010, it's a little film called The Expendables. You know, Mickey <laughs> Rock's in this one, and he plays a guy called Tool. What a great name. What a fucking brilliant name for a character. You know, he works in a fucking mechanic place, and he's got tools, and he's called Tool, you know? And, and, you know, it's fucking not just Mickey Rock in this film, though. He's got a great cast. You love this shit, man. He's got, like, Mickey Rock, it's got Dolph, fucking London, uh, Jet Lee, Jason Statham, fucking it's got Bruce Willis, Zarsus, and, and for a bit, you know? And then, like, the guy who leads the team, he's a great <laughs> oh, no. fucking guy, guy he got the, one of the greatest actors of all time, you know? Um, so yeah, you know, you should, you should cover those two Ricky Rock fucking movies, you know? It's fucking... Both films are being described as the greatest action movie of all time. I think you'd love those films, you know? Yeah, it's fucking, I can't wait to hear that episode. I, uh, I actually saw, I still haven't seen Expendables 2. I think I might have seen it, I think I might have seen it on Netflix Instant, though. I canceled my Netflix DVDs, by the way. Um, I had a, uh, a, a Charlie Chaplin, uh, shorts DVD. It literally sat in front of my television for five weeks, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah. I'm wasting my fucking money, so I just canceled it. I used it. to do that too. Yeah, so eh, I'll deal with online for a little while. I'm doing fine there. So, um, yeah. yeah, I saw Expendables in the theater. I feel like I must have. I must, it was either a day, either I watched two movies um, at once, and and Expendables was kind of like a last minute decision, or it might have been that I was going somewhere like out of town. And decided to like go and sneak that in right before I left. Either way, I felt like I was. You did. I remember that. I, I I can't remember exactly what, but you saying that, I remember yeah. it was something like that. I snuck. I, I, I snuck it real quick. So you snucked it. Snucked it. Um, cool. Maybe we should review Expendables. It would make Sly really happy. Be funny. I think he's down sometimes. So. He doesn't sound like his same old self. Yeah, he he's been a little. All these guys, all these guys have jumping on him. The Bryn and now FX James, or I mean FX, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. FX. <laughs> um, all right, another feed sack. Hi, it's Demise. Look. So apparently, I completely spaced calling in for your one hundred. <laughs> okay, so of course, here I am doing Thanks. it a day or two or show or two late, not a day or two, a show or two. So, anyways, um, I either a am a complete space cadet, b really could give a shit about your 100 episode. Mm. C, uh, don't even remember who I'm talking to all of a sudden. No, anyway, congratulations or on D, your all of the above. You guys crack me the hell up. I wish I'd gotten it in for the, for the group show, but it doesn't mean any less. I think you guys uh, do something amazing, and I never even read that review of whatever that ass said about you, but I'm just going to what everybody else says. The hell with him. He doesn't get it. He walked in on something. You know, like, kind of like walking in on his parents doing it. You know, he just, what, how do you react? You know, 
you, you kind of have to what? know what's going on before you can, you know, oh, not wait, that anybody wants to know what's going on. Anyways, also, you notice that Stallone is always sounding like he's almost into tears. So I think, I think the, the, the steroids or whatever must be getting to him because he always sounds like he's just about ready to start crying. And, and you know, Ferrigno has leaky tits. Sly has leaky eyeballs. Mm. Oh, he just needs to know that, that we love him. That he's, he's a sad, sad, muscle-leaning figure, but, but he's loved. <laughs> and, you know, there's no reason to get whimpery and, and act like a bitch. <laughs> oh. so, anyhow, I'm also thoroughly disappointed that it wasn't a video episode. But I <laughs> don't care. I'll keep listening anyways. Maybe someday you guys will do just a random video episode just for the fun of it. Uh, just so we can laugh at how goofy you look when you try and talk and, and look professional and uh, all that. Never so, happened. Anyways, never I'll happen. start up now. Uh, oh, she got cut off and didn't bother calling back. I'm wearing today, I'm wearing my FanFest t-shirt with Ricky Morton on the front yeah. of it. I think he's headlocking uh, Richard M. Flair. So. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Thank you, Demise, for that. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, no big deal that the show was gonna get <laughs> was getting long anyway, so not everybody needed to call in. We we know you guys love us. We know we're great, so... Uh, mm, yeah. All right, one more. <laughs> okay, he sounded a little more peppy this week. This is this week, so he sends us about one of them. Oh, week, so okay, yeah, okay. That, the other one was last week, so... All right, yeah. Uh, what the fuck was going on last week, man? <laughs> I got pretty confused, you know? I put on the latest uh, fucking episode of the Silicon Podcast. And, you know, I was there working out in my basement. Uh-huh. And I got my pal, Jason Statham, over. We're work- going to be working out all week, you know? Getting ready for Expendables Free, the greatest action movie of all time. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, all right, yeah, this this. Take this up the next notch. Let's put on some silver gold while we work out. You know, that always gets us super pumped. And, you know, I put it on. It's like two guys. They sound just like fucking Jason Stapel, you know, <laughs> talking all British and, you know, in their <laughs> British accents. You know, it's fucking, it's crazy. You know, Jason's there. He's fucking lovely. He's like, yeah, fucking, yes, that's great. That's British. <laughs> and yeah, it's fucking, you know, we had a super workout, you know, fucking hearing these guys, you know, it was a bit strange, you know, not having you guys there, but they did just as good a job, you know. The only thing I say is, uh, you know, they didn't play any of my slide voicemails. What was that about? You know, they talked about slide though, so I kind of, that was all right. That kind of let them off. But yeah, you know, it was great. You know, I was there, it was my pal's Dave, you know, they sounded just like him. He was that talking. I could tell if it was him on the podcast sometimes. You know, it was crazy. But yeah, good job, man. Good job. Great times. Thank you, Sly. Yeah. Um, that's uh, pretty funny. Funny, funny. Yeah, funny stuff. Good. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> People said they're having trouble downloading the latest episode. For some reason, it has posted <laughs> posted already, even though we're recording it now. That might be a problem. <laughs> that's, Whoops. That, that's probably why. Whoops. But, you know. <laughs> Whoa, wild and wacky. <laughs> All right, so that's it for FeedSack. Um, so I didn't tell you what we're reviewing next week. Um, hopefully you're, you're okay with it. The Feed Satchel. Um, I felt like I'm still in the wrestling mood, so why don't we do a couple of... Um, uh, wrestling mockumentary movies. What do you say? 
Okay. Uh, we're going to do Grunt, the wrestling movie from oh, 1985. Adrian Street. Yeah. I was just listening to him talk about that. And we're going to do one that I know Zom hasn't seen, a Canadian film called Kayfabe from 2007. Kayfabe. So, yep. So we got a couple of uh, a couple of wrestling movies to come back to. It's been a little while. It'll be fun. Um, you can always send us feedback, uh, feed sack, feed satchel to two zero six three three nine sixteen hundred to Silva Gold Podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, join our Facebook group at facebook dot com slash group slash Silva and Gold or facebook dot com slash Silva and Gold for announcements and shit like that. Um, find us on iTunes, on silverandgold.com, and on Stitcher Radio. Radio Zom. Radio What's New. Do you have anything else to add this week, good sir? I have nothing to add except this. Uh. <laughs> That's it. Oh, work. Fuck. Again, That's it. Thank you to Bernard and James once again. And until next week, this is a love. Oot. Let me start that. I don't. You did it. Okay. Psalm. Oot. Bye.